you have a perceived control. What I mean by that is you have no idea if someone's going to sign that, that RFP, you have no idea if, you know, you're going to get the job and that gets to the fear part, right? So there is control, but there's also not control. And I think that's where it's not for everybody. We've all been in the creative business for more than 20 years and love almost everything about it. But we have to admit, there are times when it's a shit show. In this podcast, we're going to have honest conversations about the ups and downs of the design and marketing business and share ideas and support that get us through the day. And sometimes we'll just shoot the shit. So welcome to the Creative Shit Show. Hey, everybody. So today we're going to talk about being self-employed. We've all of us have been self-employed for either from 30 years to two years. We're going to talk about the benefits of being self-employed, the disadvantages, what we've learned, what we would do different. And um, so let's get started. So Jamie, you've been self-employed for two years. It's actually been five. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yep. Okay, there you go. Why, first of all, let's talk about why did you go, why did you um, become a self-employed person? Well, I think we've touched on it. So I, you know, you can go back and listen to maybe the, one of the first two episodes where I talked about uh, the loss of my mom and the deep impact that that had on me. And I think, you know, when you lose somebody who's such a strong navigator in your life and, and, you know, I, I compare it sometimes to like, it almost felt like losing a limb. I don't know, of course, what that feels like, but she's been part of my life forever, you know? So when she was gone, I kind of lost that navigation and I got lost. I mean, for real, you know? And I felt like I'd been talking about starting a business. I had this age of 50 in my head for some reason, you know, for a long time. And I thought, okay, I'm at 50. I'm going to go out on my own. I'll know enough. I'll have learned enough and I'll feel confident enough to do it. And after my mom passed, I thought, why am I, what am I waiting for? What, there, there is no time limit on this, you know, you're doing that to yourself because you're scared. So I think, you know, knowing that anything could happen to any one of us at any time, I just decided there was no time like the present. So yeah, I, I left in uh, November of 2017 and it took about six months to refocus and tried a lot of different things uh, for a lot of different people, did a lot of volunteering. And then I just thought, I really want to just write. So I just started writing and then people started reaching out and I started getting work and I realized it doesn't happen that way for everybody and I have to work at it harder now, but you know, that's how I landed here. Okay, great. How about you, Justin? Um, we've all known each other forever, but I guess I really don't ever, I've never heard your story about how you went on your own. Me neither. I just realized yeah, I think for me it was I it wasn't even a, a dream or a goal or an expectation. I never even en- envisioned it, which is crazy now because I couldn't imagine it not being, you know, present That's in my wild. life. Long story short, when I moved out to Arizona to start my career, I uh, wasn't able to, uh, you know, get a job at the places I really wanted to work. There's a whole other great story about that. We can talk about some time about how we got our first job. But as I worked to understand the community and what it would take for me to get into a great agency, 
what I did is, you know, this is commonplace now, but back then, you know, my wife was going to college. So I bought a Mac through her college discount. Right. And I started yeah. teaching myself the programs better. And, uh, basically when I went to Arizona, a lot of the other programs, just that their students who I was competing against just had better, you know, acumen when it came to the programs and all that sort of thing. And so I could do it. I could, you know, go toe to toe with them from a conceptual standpoint, but I just couldn't execute. So through that, I started doing this work on the side. I would just take any side jobs, right? And it wasn't because I had an, a desire to start a freelance business. I wanted the challenge of, of you know, getting input from a client, showing them design, and just kind of working through that as a process. And back then, you know, you were a freelancer uh, only uh, one or two reasons. Either one, you were brilliantly phenomenal or you were terrible and you couldn't get a job somewhere. Um, that's not the case anymore. You know, it's really, a, it's a lifestyle choice now, which is, which is awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so in that, I ended up getting a job at a, at an agency, an agency that my brother-in-law worked at and he'd been there for a very long time and he was super talented and we we're working this agency and, and I was kind of seeing the work we were doing and, and I just kind of said, Hey, I think we could do this on our own. You know, like he, he was a great mentor to me and, um, luckily we had no idea what we were doing. Right. Cause we basically left our full-time agency job with one client that wasn't very lucrative. <laughs> and on the last day of our job, before we told our boss, we went out to lunch with one of our, one of our big clients, right. He was like a marketing person. He'd bring these different accounts to us and we've really hit it off. And so we told him we were, we were leaving and. Like three weeks later, he was in, in our basement office talking to us about coming together as an organization and we ended up becoming partners. Yeah. So it was really fantastic. And then fast forward after doing that for several years in Arizona, uh, Sarah and I decided to move back to Illinois. And so I wanted to take a job at an in-house agency because I'd never done that. And uh, when I did that, um, similar to you know uh, my younger self trying to learn how to do um, certain types of technology, get better at it. I needed to take some freelance work on the side because this, this in-house place was cool with it, but I had things were more expensive in Chicago. So I needed to make some extra money to afford a house, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And that just ended up turning into rule 29. And, cool. you know, I bootstrapped it for a good, you know, year plus, and then took a leap of faith with a, a college buddy of mine. And 22 years later, here we are. Very cool. How about you? Vaughn, what, how, again, I don't know that I know how you, you know, again, known each other forever. I don't know yeah. how you ended up going out on your own. Um, it was, it was early 2002. Um, uh, around the end of May, um, I, uh, I caught my daughter's cold one weekend, so I called in sick on Monday and then showed up to work about an hour early on Tuesday. I was an art director at a little firm here in town, and uh, my boxes were packed. And they handed me what? a check. Yeah, handed me a check and said, we're, we're going to let you go. And he called me into his office and proceeded to tell me that, like, when I was... I was out sick, basically, long story short, he 
you kind of went through my deleted email and you saw that another agency a couple of weeks prior had emailed me and offered me a job, but I had turned it down already. And um, he got paranoid, so he preemptively fired me. And um, what the hell? Well, it turns out, as I come to find out later, uh, that other agencies, all their employees are made up of his former employees. So <laughs> um, he thought I was just going to jump ship. He, he didn't even bother ask me, you know, if I accepted the job. He just just fired me. So sounds like you dodged a bullet there. Yeah. yeah, he had he had some control freak problems for sure. I mean, since then we've kind of reconciled. We're we're friends, so it's not a big deal. But um yeah, so my two daughters were pretty pretty young at that time. We had just bought a new house, moved to, from California. Um so it was like, okay, what do I do? Well, I started, I started interviewing, but every place I interviewed at said, um, you know, you're overqualified. So uh, my wife is the one that said, you know, you've always talked about going out on your own. Why don't you just try to do that? And so that's, that's what I did. Um, I didn't have any clients. Smart wives. The, the only client I had at the time was a publisher that I had done book covers for. Uh, they gave me another book cover. So that was the very first project I worked on and then started plugging. I didn't know how to run a business, um, but about a year later, um, a client of mine who runs a cafe here in town that I branded, um, he recommended me to a small business management group, ran through the local college and the guy who headed that up uh, was a guy by the name of Jim Colby House. And he used to be a VP at Coca-Cola and Gallo Wine. And he kind of took me under his wing and kind of audited what I did um, and showed me what I need to do to set up my business entity and how I should be billing, how I should be invoicing, all that kind of stuff that I didn't really have any experience doing myself. So um, important. Yeah, he was he was a great friend, and his 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 program only lasts six months, and then that's it. Well, I took it every year for the next six years, and once a month he would come to my house. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, every month he would visit each business that was part of the program and talk to him. Okay, where's your pain points? What's going on? And then he'd strategize with you and help you figure stuff out. And so he became a good friend. Well, that was coaching before coaching was a thing. Yeah. And he, he's the one that helped me out a lot. And um, unfortunately, he died of Lou Gehrig's disease about oh. seven years ago. But he was, he was a great guy. Um, mm -hmm. That helped me a lot. And then just getting local small clients. I remember going to an illustration conference in 2003. Um, I didn't have a rep at the time. And I met with a, 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 another designer, Paul Holwalt, that I had just met that year virtually because he came into the rep I used to have as I was going out. And he's the one that told me you should uh, do an ad and work page or workbook. And so, I mean, it's kind of spendy, but I did it. And that's where I got my first agency work. And then as the time oh. went on, I just would replace what, 
at the time this podcast I listened to would call grinder clients and replace them with newer clients that were better. And, um, but started local and just started branching out and get my work out there and meeting new people. And, um, but being part of a small business group helped in terms of understanding how to run a business. And then I was in another group that was more of a, a leads type group and, but started local and started slowly branching out and working with agencies. And that led to working with other agencies. And that's kind of where it started. But people nowadays, when I meet a client and, or not a client, a student, and they say they want to immediately start freelancing, I, I try to tell them, well, and then their next question after they tell me that is how do you find clients? I go, well, it's going to be a struggle for you. It's a, you'd be better suited to find a job and just learn some of the, get some experience that from other designers you're going to work with, who've been doing it longer, your boss, you make all your mistakes for them. Don't make them for you. Exactly. And, um, and, and I even told Savannah that the only reason I ended up hiring Savannah is because, um, this, the market in our area just blows, I mean, just really bad. So, um, it was, but I, once again, I didn't want to just hire her. So I, I had called, uh, our CPA and I said, can you help me? Can you just tell me if I can even afford to hire my daughter? And he's the one that said, yeah, you could. So that's when I took her to lunch and, kind of gave her a uh, slid of paper over to her and she had no idea it was going to happen. And then uh, she started crying. Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. But so it's been 20 years. So this year, so every, every Ryan, year though, I, start, I just, I just want to say Vaughn, if I was there right now, I'd hug you. <laughs> every, every year though. And I still do this. From the first year, you get to the end of the year, and I go, wow, I kind of, you know, I made it. And then every year, it's kind of been that way. And I remember in 2008, when the, the housing crisis thing hit, I, I was going, okay, well, if I can make it through this, and, and I'm not going to freak out anymore <laughs> if other stuff happens. So, you know, it's it's... It, it's a roller coaster at times, but it's kind of a fun roller coaster in general. So it's not for the faint of heart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Karen, what about you? I mean, I feel like we have a little bit of insight, but. So um, it's been 30 years for me that I've been self employed. And um, I was working for um, a small agency in town that I guess my experience has always was always small studio work um, either studios supporting agencies or um, studios working directly with clients so and there are, in Detroit there's a lot of studios that work specifically for agencies because there's so much automotive work so you know I met some amazing people at both of these, you know, all of these different types of jobs. And 
But when I was 28, 29, I had really had about 10 years in the business because I was actually working while I was, um, I was working while I was um, going to school as well. So, you know, I was building up different networking while I was going to college and the the professors in college were referring me to different people. So that all worked out great. But then once I was, had been in the business for about 10 years. So anyway, I, um, so I was working for this guy that I referenced in an old, in another episode and, I realized, you know, he wasn't giving me the freedom that I wanted to make choices. It's like, you know, things just weren't happening as fast as I wanted them to. And so I'm like, you know what, I I feel like I need to go out on my own, see what happens. And at that point, I had made a lot of relationships with different printers in town. And um, so I felt like if I walk out of here... I do have a lot of different relationships to, you know, work with. So um, I left for, I left in like August, 30 years ago, whenever that was, 92, I guess. And um, I actually was making art and selling it, but I knew that wasn't going to cut it. So a printer rep of mine told me about this job at, um, a pretty large marketing firm in town that was doing all sorts of um, automotive stuff. And um, so I took a freelance job there and my income instantly tripled. And I'm like, this is, this is the right path. And um, I was actually in-house freelance for two years and I worked my butt off and I made a boatload of money and um, it was great. I mean, times were great back then, and I met all sorts of amazing people because it was a large agency. But one of the things about two years into it, I also, I should say, I also met my um, husband. Your man. My man, Robert. (laughs) So, um, but about two years into it, things were changing there. And I think it was either, you could tell the writing was on the wall. I was either going to have to get hired or I was going to leave. And um, there were a lot of people that had been there forever. And they're like, why would you ever want to be independent? You know, there's so much security being being an employee. And even then, at about 31 years old, I'm like, you guys are crazy. Anything could happen. I felt completely in control of my situation. And um, so I ended up leaving that position after about two and a half years. But at the same time, a rep that worked for Ford on the Ford um, account actually was like, we're going to work together. So I ended up doing tons of work with her for years. And from there, it just went on corporate work, corporate work. I got, you know, it was all about networking. It's about people, you know, and it, um, and it's always been that way. And Teresa and I, who 
was the Ford rep. I mean, I did work with her down in Florida. I spent all sorts of time in Florida. I was working for a local uh, tech agency in town that was, um, I worked for them for five and a half years independently as a consultant. And, you know, I got to travel to Amsterdam. And so there's all sorts of great things that have happened. But one of the things that, you know, I learned through all of this is that I have a voice and, you know, it's just never, I, I've never looked back. I, except for one year when I had a full-time job because I felt like I, you know, felt like, I wonder what it'd be like to have a full-time job. By by the way, that really that, surprised me when you did that. Ugh. I agree. I yeah. was blown away. Oh, I remember sitting at dinner. Uh, she was probably about three months into that job and we were at dinner and, uh, with, we were to, in, at dinner together. Yeah, with Donovan oh. Beery okay. yeah. and uh, Karen. Fluffy Karen came out. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it was yeah. bad. I can, we honest, I can honestly leave. say. You got to go. You got to go. You yeah. got to leave. Yeah. I can honestly say it was the biggest career mistake of my life, but I had to try it. No, it's, and, you got to know. You know. But. It came with a lot of pain and a lot of anger and a lot of, you know, it just, it's real hard to go from having a voice to becoming an employee and having that voice take away from, taken away so, from you. So self-employment, exactly. I'm hearing you're in control, you make your own schedule, you know, you have creative control, you determine where and when you work and who you work with for the most part, yep. you know, you can choose what you want to do and what you want to outsource through networking and clients and contacts, you know, so there's, yep. we, like, we all get the benefits. There's a lot of benefits, but there's also this whole other flip side of the coin, which is those moments of disadvantage, you know, where you do panic to your point and you and you wonder to Vaughn's point, to Karen's point, you know, where's the next project coming from? Where's the what? next client coming from? I think I saw Jessica when's that, check, when's that check coming in the mail? Yeah. <laughs> so like Jessica Hish posted, I think on Twitter, it was yesterday or the day before, and she said I something saw that. like how do you search for clients without seeming too thirsty? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, if Jessica Hish is asking this question <laughs> It, it like, you know, I'm like, this is a real thing for, for everyone from, you know, you know, the bottom to the top. Right. And so 100%. Non-stop so when you're talking, creative hustle. Yeah, absolutely. And hunger, yeah. hunger, yeah. hunger, hunger. Thirsty. <laughs> exactly. If you are not hungry, it's not going to come. Yeah. So to me, it's like, you know, when we're, when we're thinking about this next generation of, uh, you know, designers and creatives, marketers who are coming through the system right now, and they're thinking to themselves, whether they're in school or, or just young and, and trying to figure out what they want to do with their life, you know, we should be honest. And I'm honest with the students at SCAD, you know, that there are some real disadvantages to, um, to being un unemployed, to being self-employed. One is that you're unemployed. <laughs> even, even though you're, you're self-employed, you're unemployed. You are unemployed, right? But you're not unemployable, you know? So 
to me, I think one of the biggest like boom moments for me was one, if you're not working, you're not earning. So if you're sick, you're not earning. If you're on vacation, there's no paid vacation. You're not earning. So this, this, it's sort of almost, if you don't control it, you can end up in a situation where you're working all the time around the clock. Creative hermit. Yep. What'd you call it? Creative hermit. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And, and so I ended up doing that a couple of times during the pandemic going on vacation for two weeks with my family just to get a change of scenery. We rented a house out in Colorado and we did some stuff, but also like I worked that whole time and I really did not enjoy that. It, it, it was not satis- as satisfying as I wanted it to be. Yeah. And I'm I, wondering if you've had those moments. I hate you know? to say it. I haven't been on a vacation without my computer in, I can think, I know of the vacation. It was to Mount Hood. So I could, there was no computer, there was no internet access access at the time, you know, up there. So um, it was probably 22, 23 years ago. I haven't been on a vacation without my computer in that long. Except for for when I went to um, Yosemite. This is the same issue. So So, I mean, I think the goal is to go on vacations with no Wi-Fi. Yeah, I mean... I think one of the things about this, and this is what I tell um, people if I'm giving a presentation about this, is it's. I really don't think it's for everybody. Um, number one, exactly. and number two, I, I think Jamie, to your point, you said earlier, I would only tweak one of your statements about control is that you have a perceived control. What I mean by that is you have right. no idea if someone's going to sign that that RFP. You have no idea if you know you're going right. to get the job. And that gets to the fear part, right? So there is control, but there's also not control. And I think that's where it's not for everybody, you know, because here I am, this is my 22nd year. And I will say that we've got, although we have a great process and some of these clients are really great clients. I have two clients, but they're 120 days late. I'm a small business. That's tough. And that's stressing me out. And I am 100% know I'm going to get paid, Mm -hmm. but- because of their supply chain issues, blah, 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 blah. It's now my issue, right? And so that's part of it is challenging, right? Because it's not like I'm going to tell my employees, hey, everybody, client's 120 days late. I'll pay you when they pay me. You know, that's just not going to happen. Right. You got to pay. I mean, yeah, regardless. That's, that's, by, that's by the right. way, we, talk, we talked about, um, you know, like, well, I talked about mentor that um, influenced me early on, but I still try to seek out that kind of information now because for all the reasons you just stated, and um, I want to give a shout out to somebody that everybody who's listening to this podcast will know who it is, uh, Chris Doe. Um, I went to the uh, Creative South uh, conference um, the first week of April, and I had a chance to have dinner with him and some other people and he shared his vision on what he wants to do with the future. And it's pretty incredible. Um, but he also just pointed at me and said, you need to have your content on YouTube. And he says, you need to be offering your content um, on that platform as well. And he's monetizing. And, and he explained why. And, and it 
made sense and I'm working on that right now, but, um, he, he's such a, he, he's such a, a great explainer of you listen to him. You go, well, that's simple. Why didn't I think of that? You know, but he, he's a really nice guy, but he's very generous with his, um, his knowledge. So I just want to publicly thank him for that. So, um, anybody who watches my content on like LinkedIn learning, I, I want to start offering a bunch of similar content on YouTube for those who, um, you know, can't afford to have a subscription. I love that. I actually just joined uh, Fru uh, the future, one of the pro groups, and it's the first time in my life I've ever entered into sort of a business coaching group. And I have to say it's because I had FOMO because all three of you were like, oh, I've got this guy and I know this person and I do this thing. And I didn't have one of those things. And I kind of poo-pooed it at first, not, not now that I've joined, but before, because I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't need that it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And the people in this group are so generous with their thoughts and their, um, you know, their information and their resources. I've learned more in a week. It's just been a week and I've met more people in a week than, you know, in the last two years and I feel more motivated. Yeah. He's awesome. He's running a good show. I agree. It's worth every penny. Yeah. Let's, you know what, one thing I'd like to talk about is, you know, while the, while, you know, we all can't imagine not being self-employed. Let's talk about, you know, some of the reality of being self-employed. Aside, you know, we know that we're always waiting for paychecks to come in from clients. We're, we're never quite sure where the next job is going to come from. But then there's also the fact that we have to buy our own health care. Mm -hmm. We have to, you know, do deal with taxes in a completely different way than a regular employee deals with taxes. You know, there is a different level of stress that comes with being an employee. Um, not to mention, and I think Vaughn touched on it, there's the isolation. Mm -hmm of being a self-employed person. And even if you're a business owner, like Justin is, it's an isolation of being a, the business owner. You know, you're still, even though you have those employees, you're still the isolated business owner. Mm -hmm. So, and it's just a different, it's an, like an extreme level of stress that goes with that. So let's talk about some of the reality of that, because one of the things I always hear from people, the first thing that comes out of their mouth when they say, I'm not sure if I want to be self-employed, I need insurance. And to me, that's the least of your problems. Because if you make money, you pay for your insurance. There's all the other stuff that goes, you know, the other stuff, that's secondary. Let's talk about that. So, Justin, you go. Oh, boy. We could do a show <laughs> just on this part. Um, I know. I really should. Yeah, I think, our, uh... I think my greatest, some of the greatest advice I ever got uh, when I started was, um, you know, don't start until you have an accountant, an attorney, mm -hmm. and some uh, advisors or a group of people that you can, you know, lean on. Because the reality is, for me, 
you know, I'm responsible for making sure my employees get paid, right? I'm on the hook for, you know, that credit line. Um, if that, if our business fails at some level, you know, um, my employees can go and get another job and I'll be dealing with bankruptcy or whatever that looks like. Right. And, you know, it's not something that I like to think about or dwell on, you know, when we make, I've made some decisions over the last three years where we tried some things, you know, since COVID started and some worked and some didn't. And, you know, those that didn't work, uh, you know, some great lessons there, but some painful lessons there. And then you have to, but I was on the hook for all of that, right? So those are all my decisions to be made. So I think when I went to school, you know, I, I went, I didn't go to business classes. I didn't know how to do the things that, you know, we need to do today to run a current business. And so I think not only do I need to continually educate myself on the creative business or, you know, kind of the trends of that, but also how to run a responsible business and, uh, and learn how to delegate and all that sort of thing. So I'm a growth mindset person. So that actually excites me most of the time, but sometimes it is just absolutely wearing. Right. And, um, there's several times I would say a month, if not sometimes every day during a week, I'm like, man, it'd be really great to punch out at five 30 and not worry about, you know, if that client's going to pay the bill or, you know, um, choose us over another agency. So most of the time I'm super energized by it, but there's obviously times where it is an absolute soul crushing, um, anxiety or pressure that, uh, you know, is, is challenging. Thanks for being vulnerable. I know that was like, that's hard to talk about, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's reality. I, I think of every time, you know, I only have one employee, Savannah, and I just think of Justin's situation with multiple employees and it just, it makes me stressful just thinking about it. So, uh, I mean, Savannah, I don't, I think you guys knew this. I'm not sure, but she's been out of commission since last October with tendonitis. And so like, I'm still paying her salary, but she's really not for lack of a better terms, earning it right now. Um, but she's my daughter. So I'm not going to say, well, we're going to lay you off, you know, I mean, that'd be horrible, but, um, yeah, it does get it does get stressful. The the health insurance aspects um, early on, it was it, even even the insurance companies they don't know how to deal with self employed people. Nope. So we found an independent uh, company that they negotiated on our behalf, and that helped us quite a bit. But still, it's like I paid for insurance for fourteen years before. A lot of the healthcare things change, and now it's like we pay more for our insurance than we do our mortgage. Yep. So same here. Kind of sucks. Yeah. So there's always, you know, the um, it was. I listened to Michael Jonda. I mentioned him in a previous episode, and he talks about uh, figuring out your burn rate and. Um, part of that burn rate is you know your overhead and. Mortgage is one of them. Health insurance is one of them. And you know, okay, well, just those two things, I have to make at least that much every month and a lot more in order to, you know, 
pay Savannah and cover everything. And I don't know. It's like, I try not to worry about it. So, um, that's, that's the biggest thing about self-employment that stresses me out is just always like, I've had people come to me and say, well, why are you always posting or this or that? It's like, because if I'm not doing anything, then I don't know if anybody's ever going to contact me. So it's, it's, I'm always hustle kind of has a bad connotation in a certain sense, but you're more like repping yourself. You've got to be your biggest cheerleader because nobody has as much passion for what you do as you do. Yeah, that exactly. make any sense? Yeah. So like you can hire somebody to go rep yeah. you, but they aren't you, you know, yeah. you're the one. So you've got to sell it through. And I'm, know? I'm not Justin. Justin's a mastermind when <laughs> it comes to, to sales. It's like, I suck at sales. Um, <laughs> that's why I listen to Chris Doe and other people because they're brilliant in terms of how they walk through a scenario and explain, Mm -hmm. look, this is what you can do. And that's helped me quite a bit. Um, But yeah, I've been like for years, I never tracked how many quotes I do until two years ago. I realized that and I go, I need to be tracking that. I need to see what my success rate is. And that's helped me quite a bit. So yeah, you're always learning. It's like, I, I don't, think I'm anywhere close to being as smart when it comes to strategically uh, talking to clients and selling them on things. Um, I remember I was, I, uh, Justin had picked me up at the airport. We were driving back to his house. He gets a call while I'm in his car from a client. <laughs> and I just, I'm listening to him. It was like a masterclass in closing this client. I was just like, he got off the phone. I just look at him and go, I can't that you made that. I don't know. I was just blown away because I, I just can't do that. Oh, thanks, Vaughn. That's so cute. A little bromance. Blooming, well, we I hugged, feel we it. hugged after that because I felt like I owed him. It's flourishing. It's way yeah. past flaming. I know, but it's like so adorable to watch it because you guys oh, can't nice. see, but we can see they're both blushing and smiling so shyly at each other. It's so <laughs> cute. love you. It's so cute. I love it. Yeah, no, I mean, while we're giving shout outs, I just have to say when I was considering going out on my own, it was the most terrifying thing of my life. I talk about it so casually, like, oh, my mom passed and then I started my business. That's not really how it went down. There was a lot of angst that went with it. But I there were two people I texted, uh, Donovan Beery, who is a very close friend of mine, and he's amazing. Um so he's like the yin to my yang, the most calm person. He never gets rattled. I'm like all ADHD and he's just like straight, smooth, you know, and then Karen. And I was, it was a vulnerable moment for me to share those things, but both of them immediately, you know, go online, go do this. You got to get, you know, legal documents. You have to file your papers. You have to do, I mean, and they literally, I got so lucky. They walked me through the whole process and I, I think is go to legal zoom, you know? So like, if you don't know where to start, go to legal zoom and they will literally do everything for you. So you can start small or you can go big. And I think just finding someone who like Donovan and I are about the same age, Karen's, you know, a little bit senior to me 
but finding those people who can share those moments with you. I didn't call you a senior. I said you were senior to me. I think she was flicking me off, not you. So let's oh, just be okay. clear. I thought it was yeah. that me. I'm used to it being me. The abuse is usually one way. <laughs> I know I'm old. I'm a victim. She started on <laughs> vacuum tube computers. <laughs> when the Max came out, you know. Anyway. <laughs> And the Max came out. were first on the market, you know. Anyway, um, I just, you know, you finding those people, it's invaluable, you know. And so, join a group like Tavon's point. Get out there, network, find people who are doing it, and you know, lean on them heavily. Take their advice because I, you know, it's invaluable to know what you can write off, what you can spend how you can do things because I took a loss my first year. I'm not afraid to admit it, but it was okay because I wrote it all off and I learned so much. And then I pivoted the next year and did things different and began turning a profit. So just, you know, don't be afraid, but do plan and prepare, you know? Yep. Yeah. I would have to say it, it makes me semi cringe when, (laughs) um, no, seriously, it does, because it makes me semi-cringe when I see people coming out of college or a year or two out and saying, I'm just going to be my own boss. I'm just mm-hmm. going to be freelance. And it's like, who are you going to work for? And who do you know? And who is going to help you along the way? And, you know, I highly, highly recommend getting 10 years under your belt and learning the business. Yes, absolutely. You know, learning whatever business you're in. It doesn't matter if it's writing, design, you know, being an electrician, whatever it is. You cannot go on your own without that knowledge and experience of working under some sort of leadership, whether it's good mm-hmm. leadership, bad leadership, no matter what you're going to learn from it. Great. And, um, you know completely you know i can't even talk after what's in your cup yeah what are you drinking water because i ran out in a beer is that moonshine it's like everclear what is in your cup oh my god she's got a mason jar anyway hunch punch that's a college (laughs) (laughs) making hunch punch everclear and and fruit punch that's hunch punch And you don't know, but that will jack you. That's what Karen's doing over there. I am, no, I can't. I will not. I can't go there. Anyway. Just that get seems a fucking, like a good spot. To just, just, get, get, just get a fucking job. And learn the business. <laughs> There's the Karen we know and love. There she is. Yeah, we got uh, deep for a minute. I, I like it. There we go. Yeah, There's your no. advice. Fluffy. Get contact. Yeah, get a fucking job. I, I love it. Get, get paid to make mistakes for other people. Exactly. That, that's yeah. the best piece of advice from the show, right there. Is just yeah. go make go make your mistakes for someone else. Yep. Somebody else can pay for them. They're bigger when they're yours. I promise. Yep. So. Well, this is a good show. I really do appreciate this show, and I love learning from you guys every week. I know. I feel like we learn something from each other. You know, every time we talk, it's wonderful. It feels so fluffy. It's so fluffy. <laughs> oh, my fluffy gosh. Inside. I just want you to send me whatever that hooch punch you made. Send some my way. 
No, it's like I'm on a downslide. I have nothing. Water. Mm -hmm. So I am into right now lemon vodka with a blueberry seltzer. So it's lemonade, blueberry lemonade. It is delicious for summer. Highly recommend. Nice slice of fresh lemon on the top. That you know, people, good. everybody it's wants really to hear good. about our, that is one I've heard a couple comments and everybody wants to um, hear about our concoctions. I think it's called what's in your cup. That's the, <laughs> see, Jamie is like, bam, there's bam. a reason I'm a writer. That's right. <laughs> I love it. What have you got, Justin? Well, I'm a little weak today because the office has a short supply. So I have uh, a um, cherry bubbly with <laughs> vodka in it. Gross. With what? With vodka. vodka in it. Oh. Hey, that, that's doable. It sounds like yeah. mine. No, that's kind of what I'm Totally drinking. doable. So good. Yeah. Keep and you then, nice and slim. Yeah. Of and then, all people, I'm the one with water. Well, I she had her one before. See, Don't like, even let her fool you. Yeah. I, I wish ran everyone out. could see Vaughn's like 18 gallon beer. Vaughn, what are you drinking? <laughs> he has to hold it with That's two hands. Right. He's drinking it's, a foster. He drinks it like with two hands. It's an oil like, can. We always called those oil can beer. Here. Uh, it's a 25 ounce Foster's. My wife buys them when she does fish and chips. Wink, but wink. She, she only uses like a fourth of the can, so I didn't want it to go to waste. Are you having fish and chips for dinner? Um, that was last night. Oh, no, he won't amazing. be able to because by the time he finishes that, he'll, he'll be passed out. <laughs> <laughs> That's his dinner. That's right. <laughs> okay, well, guys. guys awesome. this, has been, this has been fun. I can't wait to the next show. Yep. No See doubt. you later. Ciao, Thanks, Bella. Guys. Ciao, Bella.